This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to episode number 62 of the Ops Authority Podcast. And today we have another guest. My guest is Kelsey Schmidt from inawick.com. And I cannot wait to share her with you. This is part of our DOO Expert Coach Series, where I am going to be highlighting the coaches who I have selected to come into our program. They are all certified directors of operations, just like Kelsey. And she is now returning the favor and expanding in her specialty area to help support our students who are going through the DOO certification program. Our guest today is Kelsey Schmidt, and she is the expert coach for the KPIs, Key Performance Indicators, and all things data for our group. Every time I get a new cohort that comes through the Director of Operations Certification Program, I ask them how comfortable they feel with all the different disciplines that we address. One of those is KPIs and data. And notoriously, we find that people rate themselves on an average of a 3.8 out of a five-point scale. Now, as I was looking at that data, I wanted to help support my students to have a better, more, be, feel more confident, be more confident with handling data because I know that if they're going to be successful operators and businesses, they're going to be able to need to understand how we measure results, how we truly get results, not only for the business, but even down to the personnel level. So, that is the reason that I doubled down, and that was really the the ultimate reason that I said, you know what, I need to bring in some coaches with a real expertise, a background in these specific areas so that I can help. I have a partner in the certification process alongside me, not just me teaching the content, but also somebody to go deeper, to dive deeper, to share their learnings. Because while I am an operations expert, these gals that I have been featuring, Kelsey included, they're not only operations experts, but they have an expertise in one of these areas. And so I am so happy to share Kelsey Schmidt with my audience today. Kelsey Schmidt is the founder of Inawick, whose mission is to optimize operations for CEOs and service providers of scaling lifestyle businesses. And that's important because Kelsey, you're going to learn in this episode that she is on fire for people who are building lifestyle businesses. But she does this so that they can have more time, location, and financial freedom. She's also going to tell you guys about that location freedom because she is a full-time RVer, and I think you're going to enjoy that about her. She's also a certified director of operations specializing in overall operations strategy, optimization, with systems and automation and financial stability, looking at financials and the other KPIs. She left corporate and ventured into the online business space in 2018. She founded her company shortly thereafter, and she's been in operations roles for over 15 years, just like me. She's also been in systems implementations, business process automation, accounting and reporting, and has been a leader of several teams. She's originally from Kansas, and now she's based in Georgia, but she's a full-time RVer who enjoys nature and exploring the U.S. with her husband and her three-year-old son and her pup. She does all of this from an RV, and I believe that anyone who does that is way inspirational. So I cannot wait for you to listen to her and check out this episode. Let me know what your greatest takeaway is. Alrighty, friends, without further ado, here's my interview with the Kelsey Schmidt. Well, welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. Today, I have my friend, another expert coach, and today's expert coach is Kelsey Schmidt. And we are so excited to talk about something that's a little bit more nerdy, but it's definitely part of the Director of Operations Certification that makes us and our training unique. And 
What is that, you may be asking, is KPI, so key performance indicators, really data in general. And so as I was building out the certification, I knew what, and you guys probably know this already, but I knew what we, the best practices that we had from corporate. And business is about numbers. Business is metrics and key performance indicators. And so if that's going to be the standard in a corporate setting or in a larger, more successful setting, then I'm definitely going to make sure that we bring that into small businesses. Not only is it helping the business, but it's also showing and proving your value as the operator in a business. So That's a little bit of a background as to why I brought this into the certification. And as you guys know, I have been bringing in coaches. This last round of the certification, I brought in seven different coaches with expertise in all of the disciplines that we're going to be talking about. So our guest today is Kelsey Schmidt, who is the CEO and the founder of Inowic. And she is also our expert coach for KPIs and data. So welcome, Kelsey. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited too. I know you have just dove in to all of this and you helped our round five students just understand what key performance indicators are. And with the whole goal of making it a little more simple and less intimidating, because what I see from the people who come through the certification and really just operators in general, whether they're certified or not, they're either numbers people or they're absolutely phobic of numbers. And so by bringing you in here, we're really helping to bridge that fear that a lot of us have over key performance indicators. So thank you so much for all of the commitment that you have shown and given and support you've given to our students past and future. But today I want to help those people who are listening in on really understanding a little bit more about you and your background. And then also I know that you have come with some amazing tips to help people who are in that same place of trying to establish key performance indicators either in their business or if they're operators and trying to bring that skill set to another business. So that's a little bit of an overview of what we're going to do today. As we're getting started, give us a little background on you, a little personal, a little professional. Just tell us about Kelsey. All right. So I actually come from a corporate background as well. So when you speak of trying to take KPIs and apply it to this course in the online space, that's where I come from as well. So three years ago, my husband and I actually had our, what I'll call come to Jesus moment and started taking steps that led us to selling our home, moving to an RV. So I lead with the personal because that is what gave us some financial space to just straight up dream. And actually at that time, I was so much in a box. I didn't even realize what you could do in the online space. And so it was a fun, fun journey. Like for example, so I left My last day in corporate was in late 2018. So that was a a little over a year and a half ago. And I left a corporate accounting project manager role. And leading up to that role was where I had all my varying backgrounds and operations up to 15 years. So everything from your your entry-level accounting job to, to managing people to digging into the data to helping with a big like systems implementation project on behalf of my team. So I have all this varied experience, but I I really love data and what it can do for businesses. So anyways, back to the story, taking all that in, I was trying to find the right role for me in the online space because that's a lot of background. And I'm like, thinking to myself, which avenue do I take? (laughs) And so, yeah, I actually started trying and failing. Like my first big failure in the online space was I couldn't find a in-the-box role that, you know, like online corporations, for example, they had these remote accounting roles. That was kind of a newer thing. Mm -hmm. And that's in my box mind. I was like, that's what I'm after, right? But you go through the typical deal and they weren't as flexible. I mean, they were more flexible than what I was used to, but it still wasn't like that ideal role that would allow me to, and and why I mentioned the RV story earlier is because we wanted to travel between, my home state is Kansas, 
And then we've recently home-based in Georgia where we have both sides of the family and we wanted to be able to travel back and forth. You know, so even if an online role says, I need you exactly from nine to five or nine to six Eastern, whatever the case may be, I needed to create a role for myself was what I finally figured out. And so then I started an online virtual accounting practice that lasted an entire like three months before (laughs) I realized. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it took me three months. I was actually going through a client's books and seeing these other positions and like what people can get paid online. And I was like, wow, that was when my mind was opened up. And I actually found found Nat through a PL statement. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. I know. <laughs> so I know. just to iterate this in a different way, Kelsey is the accountant that's helping with a mutual client. So I'm working for this client and she's on the other side and she's going through their books and she sees, you know, Natalie Gingrich or whatever. And she's like, huh, what, I wonder what she does. And then that is the beginning of me and Kelsey's relationship, which is such a cool story. You just never know where people are going to find you. Yeah. I mean, I totally went to her site and it spoke to me and I saw about the director of operations career path. And then of course my nerdy mind was like, I'm going to start like storing away cash for that. Cause I was very much a baby business at that point. And we'll, we'll get into this more later, like the ROI of the program and things like that. But I really, really wanted to to sit down and think about what I was doing. Cause I was so, so new to all this. So Yeah. When you first start to really see what's out there, just coming from corporate. And I think a lot of us, I know the two of us, but also many of the listeners who are out there, we were raised, a lot of us were raised to think of corporate being the success path for us. And so we checked those boxes, we got those roles and we navigated. And and I believe that this is an amazing opportunity when you do get into corporate to be able to kind of dance around. And Kelsey really gave us a highlight of all the different places that she had been in corporate and the different opportunities. So that's why I never bash corporate because it gave me the ability to see where my gifts were and also to get paid to understand what I never wanted to do again. And so Kelsey's path is probably similar to a lot of ours. When you look back and I'm just going to echo what she said. I mean, she was leading teams. She was, you know, obviously in the financial space. She was looking at processes and systems and all of those are underneath the umbrella of operations. But if she wasn't in that, if she did not take that path, she may be short-sighting herself and only seeing herself as an accountant. So it's important to see like even I'm just going to call it background noise, you know, look around and see all the things that you're doing, the projects that you're leading. I didn't know I was a project manager until somebody else said, oh, they gave me the title. Now it's a skill I had for a long time, perhaps my entire life, but until somebody in corporate validated that for me, I really didn't even see myself like that. So, or I certainly would have never given myself that title. And now it's the title I hold the most dear because it's what comes so natural. And so I want to just shine the light on Kelsey as when she was in search of finding what was going to be her journey and creating that journey for herself that fit her personal life, she pulled from the vast amount of experience that she had. And she did, she had to break outside of that box. Now I know Kelsey and she's a super structured person. And I bet a lot of you guys that are listening today are the exact same way. We can be type A or controlling or inside the box kind of people. And when we're dreaming about what you want for yourself, and she shared with us that what she wanted was this RV life that she could literally live and be and do as she wanted. That was certainly not going to work in the corporate space. And it's important to back into that exactly what she said earlier in our time together today, but she literally saw the vision and then created a business that worked for her so that she could be in great integrity. And so I wanted to just reward you and really showcase you and the path that you have taken because it's the, to me, it is the best path. Of course, it's risky 
And people like you and I probably don't love a lot of risk, but we could see the bigger vision for ourselves. We could see the freedom and being able to raise your child and be hands-on with Henrik, to have the relationship you wanted with your spouse, to have the flexibility. Those are all values that Kelsey really leverages. And she's built this business around it. Of course, she has been completely and integrity with where her skills are and even where her shortcomings are. So I just, I love your story, Kels. And it's something that I've always identified with. And I think that a lot of people here will too. So how did you know, like think way back in the day, how did you get in the accounting world? Like, let's go into your expertise because everybody who comes into the certification is going to have a natural tendency or an expertise or an education in one of the different pillars of content that houses operations. So think of operations as an umbrella and underneath there, you're going to have different disciplines. And one of those is finance, but take us back to kind of your youth. Like where did you really get that seed planted of looking at numbers? Well, it didn't hit me what I wanted to do. I actually thought I wanted to be a journalist for a while and then a veterinarian for a while. So that might be more the people side of me with that. But then what's funny is when I was actually looking at career options, I knew I was going to be going to college on a basketball scholarship. And Mm -hmm. so I I did choose a school based on sports and then kind of went back from there and looked at, okay, what is, so the analytical side starts to come out here, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this school good at what schools are they known for or what sub-segments of the school are they Mm -hmm. prominent at? And so business was one of those. And so then my mom starts helping me brainstorm. Like we're sitting down and she gets out the career book, you know, the the, the (laughs) printed book with all the average salaries and things. And she goes, okay, accounting, it's job security there are always going to be a demand and these are the numbers. And I said, sold <laughs> like that was pretty much, and it worked out. So my analytical side really just helped me decide what career path made sense to me. And I started actually doing that in school and realizing how much it did click. So my parents would joke that I'm the one that if I'm deciding which cell phone carrier to go with, I was literally doing this in college and I put it all in a spreadsheet. And she's like, yeah, (laughs) you're going to put a spreadsheet in everything, aren't you? And I said, why? Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And she does. That is absolutely the truth. So do you remember yourself being analytical? Like that is the word, that's the term I believe that you probably attach yourself to or the traits that your mother probably saw in you that was really helping her to guide you as her child in a path that would come natural to you. So do you remember yourself being analytical as a child? I don't think I remember it as much as others do. I remember enjoy, I enjoyed math very much and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed organizing things. You know, I was Mm -hmm. the kid that wanted to have the clean room with things in their specific place. And so it was that compartmentalizing and analyzing side. I just didn't realize what I think I say I didn't realize it back then because I didn't know what career it pointed to back then. So think about sports. In your sports life, were you analytical? Very much so. (laughs) Yeah, I was not the, I was not the fastest one on the team. And so I did have to figure out how to be more finesse. I was a shooting guard. Mm -hmm. on all my teams growing up. And so I, yeah, I was the one that ran the plays to a T, followed the directions, analyzed, you know, how can I get a jump shot or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it did come out in sports Yeah, and the leadership did too. Absolutely. Yeah. We see a lot of entrepreneurs and success um, being attached to people who have been in sports, but um, I just, I have been around sports, you know, obviously my whole life and my kids are super involved. And I think there's always, we're totally taking this in a fun direction. If you're sporty or you have kids that are sporty, you can probably this will resonate with you. But I know on teams, you have kids who like, you can start to see their emotional intelligence. You can start to see those kids who are watching, you know, of course my whole life is, or 
half of our life in this house is baseball. And so, you know, you could see those kids who just showed up for practice and you could also see those kids or you knew those kids who were watching the MLB players and analyzing their swings and trying to, you know, to learn and gain from them so that they could be, they're essentially role models that they're following. But as humans, we're interpreting, we're using that as best practice. And yeah, there's so much transfer that happens from those people who are analytical. And I believe that a lot of us are analytical. We may not look at it from a numbers perspective, but you may be analytical in the way that you create projects, analytical slash detailed. Those two are going to be very, very, very close together, but detailed and also just really helping you to when analytics show up for me, it's not necessarily in creating a dashboard, but it's in analyzing and creating a decision tree. Like what is the best path for me to go down? And for me to do that, I have to be analytical and look just like the example that Kelsey gave and looking at all the different cell phone carriers. Some of the great, you know, I've put a lot of events together from a project planning perspective in corporate and my personal life. And, you know, now in this journey, I have you know, run lots and lots and lots of events. And events are, I mean, talk about the data that you need to make a decision on vendors you're going to choose, locations you're going to have, what the pricing structure is. And so I would say that a key ingredient for all of us, especially operators, is being analytical. And there is a difference between being analytical and being an accountant. Yes, they overlap, but you can be analytical without having a degree or even liking numbers or, you know, totally wanting to avoid QuickBooks. So being analytical will reward you in so many ways, especially if you're partnering with a CEO, because it allows you to give a lot of detail and help guide the business in the next best decision or path for them. So I wanted to make sure we pulled that out. So you've got this amazing experience. And now tell us about your business today. Yeah. So where that landed me to today is, so Inuik, my company, we, our main mission is to help other business owners optimize their operations. So they have more time, location, and financial freedom. And so that's where I pulled the personal piece mm-hmm. into it because I love that those three types of freedom. It's like the trifecta for me. And yeah. so I want to help CEOs and other service providers help CEOs get there. And so we do this with strategic input, data analysis, and systems and automations. And as we alluded to earlier, like I can literally get lost for hours <laughs> building a killer spreadsheet or <laughs> data flow. Like it's that fun for me. Yes. Yeah. And then on the personal side today, like what this has allowed us to do is, you know, I get to spend time with my husband and our son is now three and a half. He was six months old when this idea was first conceptualized of you know, changing our life over. He's three and a half now. And so we are just so grateful for that time with him. And we have one little doggy that travels with us as well. So we love being outdoors, building things and serving in our communities. And so this business has really given us space to do those things more than we were doing before. So yes, the One of the things that I want to pick apart here, Kels, is the fact that for all of you guys listening, when she stated her mission, her mission is strongly a reflection of her. Would you mind reading your mission one more time? Sure. Yeah, I'll read it like very verbatim. So it's to help other business owners optimize their operations so that they can have more time, location, and financial freedom. Okay. So those three things right there, those are three things that are extremely important. Those are values of Kelsey's. And I love, and I encourage other people in our, you know, DOO business bootcamp, which is on the back end of the certification. This is what we start really diving into. We want to make sure that you're building a business. You're working with people that actually get you. So if these are values that Kelsey has and she can identify those people in the discovery portion of her sales cycle, 
if she can find people who want location independence, who want these exact same things, you can't tell me that they're not going to be able to go to the next level together. And so I wanted to pull that out because I see people trying to fit into other people's boxes. And it's something I work with in our program, but I just, I I really want to show and showcase you as a model for someone who has been really dedicated to finding people that fit you, finding people that make it easy to show up and do work with. Because if you have the same values, and we both know this, but when you share values, the relationship and the return are just elevated to a whole new level. So that's a best practice for anyone listening today. If you've ever felt out of alignment with the people that you're serving, it's likely that you are attracting or you are accepting people who don't necessarily share the same values. So great job, Kels, on adding that to your mission. I know we weren't necessarily planning on going there, but... um, No, thanks. This was actually something I was going to talk about later, like the benefits of the course. I owe this refined mission statement to going through your mentorship and process in the certification. Like awesome. this is pretty hot off the press. So oh, fantastic. I know you've got some tips for our audience because we started this conversation today talking about KPIs. And I'm hoping for those of you guys who are listening, you did not turn off this podcast yet because you're interested in how to make something that may seem intimidating or scary, how to make that a little bit easier and also how to bring that into the businesses you support as well as your own business. And so I've asked Kelsey to come with a few tips today and I'm going to turn it over to you, Kels. Thanks. So I want to share, and there is so much we can dive into with KPIs, but on the theme of, you know, starting with the simpler concept, I came with three key bullet points. And these are learnings that I've had along the way and especially in online business as well three key things of how you can be most successful with KPIs. So the first one, and, you know, for simplicity, we're just saying KPIs throughout this conversation. But the first one is be aware that there's a difference between a KPI and a metric. So I'm going to get all definition on you real quick, but this will come full circle. So KPIs are measurable values that track how well your company is achieving its key objectives. So remember that how you're performing with the key objectives. They also influence decision-making at a company-wide level. So kind of store that away for a bit. And then metrics act as a supporting role for your company's KPIs. So they can kind of come in underneath of that. And they more help with process. So they track whether individuals and departments are hitting process deliverables. They can be very timeline-oriented as well. And you can have some things that are timeline-oriented that move their way up to KPI. And that's where it gets into a bullet point later that I'll share with you where all this will come together. But the key thing I want you to remember from this piece is that KPIs are about performance and metrics are about process and process efficiency. So any questions that you think the audience might have about that concept? It's a big one. So Not necessarily a question, but just an awareness and pulling this out that you're going to have lots of different metrics. Let's give me an example in an online business of what a metric could be, Kels. Okay. So I'm not going to get super nerdy with the examples right now because I want to just more so paint a picture, but think about visibility. I mean, visibility things, social media visibility things in my mind, tend to point a lot to metrics. Yes. Unless they're driving you towards like a key goal. So for example, you know, you may track some things about your Instagram likes or something, you know, a Mm -hmm. vanity metric. Mm -hmm. And that may be helpful to you, but that's an example of something I tend to see more in the metric category. Yes. And then on the KPI side, I know for me, a key performance indicator, if I'm looking at visibility, one of the things that truly indicates visibility to me are podcast downloads. 
right? So a metric for me may be how big my Facebook group is or how engaged it is. But what truly, how does the ops authority know when we have truly become visible? So visibility can show up from for me from the podcast or we'll probably take it back to sales or applications for the program. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of show that the difference between a metric and a KPI. And honestly, there is, it's so difficult. You know, a lot of times, even in our program, people will want a list of what are the metrics and what are the KPIs and Ladies, it is too difficult because every business, they should be customized to the mm-hmm. business. So you're not going to find it. And even if you do like do a search and you try to find, you know, and you look and you find a list of KPIs for digital marketing businesses or online businesses or boutiques or medical centers, do not copy and paste those things because they have to be tailored to the strategic plan that the business is going down. So. I just wanted to add that there. Kelsey, what's number two? Yeah, you're segueing really well into my number two and three points. So number two is not everything that can be measured should be measured. So kind of what we were alluding to earlier, just making sure that it's really tailored to that business and understanding the business. And I'll get to that more in my third point of how you can reverse engineer that. That's so true. Like in my business, I don't even care how big my Facebook group is or how many people like my Facebook page. To be honest, that has never been an indicator to the the profitability of my business. And so that helps me, that data right there and that clarity helps me to know that, you know, do I need a big social media agency to help me with my social, not necessarily because it's that in itself is not an indication for financial success or profitability. So I don't need to measure that in my business today. Now, could it change later? Maybe. Yeah. And the reason this is important, so important is KPIs can take quite a bit of time to set up and keep tracking you, whether you have a team member tracking them or whatever, and you want to use your time wisely. And I've seen so many businesses waste time tracking values where the folks creating them, they don't even know how management uses them. And so it's, that is the why behind that statement. And as they say, tracking everything means you're focused on nothing (laughs) because, you know, if you're tracking like 25 things, focus on the, on the one thing first is, is how I like to think about that. Yeah. And I think a tip there is to make sure that you're always looking at the probably more revenue than anything else or whatever your highest priority is. And in most businesses, hello, it's, it may not be revenue, but it's probably profit. It should be profitability. So, you know, if you're only going to look at one thing, start looking at the financials. Yes. So my third bullet then is how, how to bring this all together and actually do what Nat is describing here. So what you want to do is make sure that your top KPIs that you want to measure, like those should come from your top strategies and goals, AKA also that should be tied to your vision. So you could actually reverse engineer this I know we've thrown out some examples before, but I want to walk you through more of that process. Let's say that my biggest shorter-term vision is to double my downloadable products revenue in the next year and scale back on -on one-on-one work. A really good KPI, like a key KPI that I could use to track the progression of, of how that is working would be to look at my sales dollars by product and perhaps trend that out over the year. Because as I start to do, you know, maybe some of the supporting things to that KPI, I want to see how that needle moves throughout the year. I should see my one-on-one sales decrease and my downloadable products going up throughout that year. So that would be an example in that scenario of something that I would be watching really closely you know, compared to some of the other things I'm looking at. And so then you can add more complementary, what I'll call complementary KPIs to that. For example, I may pair that sales KPI with a visibility metric, such as conversion rate on that sales page that houses the downloadable products. 
So that is how you can start, you know, start with the biggest and then work your way down. And then in this same scenario, it would not be smart for me to aim for and track how many monthly discovery calls I'm getting because those tend to lead to one-on-one services. And, you know, I'm not really, not really like pushing for those right now um, Mm -hmm. in this example. So, so that was one example I wanted to give of how you can really start at the macro level Mm -hmm. and then work your way down. I think where a lot of businesses or people that I work with, where I see them struggle is they try to start at more of that micro level and list out 30 things that they want to track. And then they're like, which one is which? I mean, that's what we tend to run into. Yes, yes, yes. I've even been inside of businesses that, you know, had the project for me to create a dashboard, which the dashboard is the culmination of understanding what your KPIs and your metrics are. And the CEO that I was working for, the leader I was working for, was like, oh, let's do, let's measure this, 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 this. And I'm like, it really does, those things don't matter. And so that can be a difficult conversation, honestly, but helping them to understand and to prioritize like what truly indicates success in your business and then reverse engineering that to find the right KPI. And yes, there may be some metrics underneath that, but you know, that was really my breakthrough in the example I gave earlier. Like, When I really looked at it and I plotted social media next to revenue or profitability, there was nothing there. And, you know, to some degree, you have to, you have to take the time to actually plot that. So, you know, what you're looking at and which, and you know, what is, what is important and what is not important, but that's why you need someone with analytical skills. Because let me tell you, I've worked with lots and lots of CEOs and ain't no CEO interested in doing a lot of this analysis. (laughs) Well, and even as analytical people, like we're so nerdy, we want to have all our cool numbers, right? And so it helps us analytical people to tie back to the vision. And that's where we work well together. You know, yeah, that's where I've learned from the vision people. Yes, I totally get you. So thank you so much for sharing those three tips. If will you restate the three just real quick? Yes. So number one, being aware that there's a difference between a KPI and metric. And then number two, not everything that can be measured should be measured. And then number three, which really helps with the above two, is that the top KPIs you're measuring should come from your top strategies and goals. Yes. Awesome. So as you're listening to this, ladies, and you're like, hmm, how do I put KPIs into my own business? I would say start this exercise with your business. Start to feel comfortable with it. It's it's a learning process, but I am 100% sure if you have project a project management skill set, heart, brain, you will be able to work into this. So don't let it intimidate you. Really, I think that the three steps that Kelsey shared today really make it easier for us and maybe take that fear away from creating something like this. And then know that this is incredibly valuable to the businesses that you serve. So if you can establish this in your business and now take that skill set and start applying it to your businesses, you now have another sellable asset to your business relationship. So hopefully this has been really helpful. So as I started today, Kelsey is our DOO expert coach, and she's overseeing the KPI and the data conversations in our community. And that is such an asset to our group because I can't be the expert in every single one of these areas, but I can leverage the people who have come through to do that. So how do you share your expertise in your current DOO position? Okay. So I actually just revamped all this per the mission we talked about earlier. And this is another lead in like the certification helped me hone in on my offers. And I I started to realize more about this need in the market and the KPI skill set as I progressed. And so I recently have been trying to, I've honed in on those offers. And so I'm always going to say, and and we, we evangelize this in the group a lot. It's best to start with a strategic mapping. So that is one of the services that I offer. 
So I'm guessing because we talk about this, many of you listening right now are familiar, but just to give a quick recap of how I do it, strategic mapping helps the CEO develop his or her master plan. And then this plan ensures all the strategies and projects are tied to the business's vision and prioritized most effectively. So spinning off of that prioritization, I then have other ways that folks can work with me on KPIs. So from there is where I like to set the KPIs because we can ensure that per our conversation earlier, that what we are measuring and tracking line up with the highest prioritized strategies. Um, So I highly recommend that mapping process or at least having the CEO themselves think about what their vision is and kind of some mini goals underneath of that. And then that's where I can start with them on doing an intensive or a strategy session to pull those KPIs and metrics out. I love it. So here's the thing. When you come through the certification, you get a license to perform the strategic mapping model, which is my intellectual property in how to do exact, I mean, you articulated it so well, Kelsey, but it really helps the leader to have that master plan and to make sure that we're doing the right things, right? So we hear that a lot from business owners. Like I either don't know what to do today because I'm so overwhelmed or does this really make sense for my business? And they're looking for a counterpart and the strategic mapping model helps them with this. But every single director of operations, they can take that strategic mapping model that they now have a license to, but they're going to pull from their area of expertise. So what Kelsey just described to you, she took the strategic mapping model and then she's got a focus on the analytical KPI and the metrics areas. And so that's how she leads. That's the value that she leads. She's using the framework that I created and then adding her specialty on top of that. So if you come in and you are a master marketer, then you may really dive into taking the strategic map. And then once you get that done, now adding in a marketing plan or a visibility plan. So, you know, you can customize this after you get through the foundational pieces, but this has been a big piece that I see people being able to leverage this strategy, which is super missing in business, but then also overlay it with your zone of genius. And there's a lot of flexibility in that. So I love to see you working, all of us working with clients and using that. I do believe that it's absolutely revolutionary in the small business space, because as we know, lots of visionaries are going to skip over that piece. So now that you have been certified for a little bit, tell us what the certification has done for you. I know it's allowed you to get clarity and we talked about having a tighter mission and to understanding who you want to work for, but, or work with, I should say, what kind of business you want, how much time you want to, you want to work, but what has the certification just overall, what has been the blessing around that? Yeah. So a huge one. And we alluded to this earlier about the fact that all these ladies have different skill sets. So my number one was and still is, obviously, for as long as I'm in this career path, which I hope to be the whole time I'm working, Mm -hmm. but the mentor and community. So they say in online business to propel your growth faster and further in the online space, it's good to have a mentor, which I've definitely found in UNAT. And also this community of ops gals, aka like online coworkers <laughs> because that that is one of the harder things in online business is finding your people you know you can get in your own silo and so this group has been paramount to just feeling that community and so the group is awesome you couple that with the lifetime access to the resources of the course and i just feel super supported And there's so many options to continue with your cohort or continue with the ladies in the group. It doesn't just stop when the course is done. And so that's what I love. And I love that I can pull, you know, I like to, I can provide KPIs, Mm -hmm. but I can outsource my HR needs. So as somebody that's really trying to give a more full service to a CEO in need, it's very great to have all these like-minded, but different capabilities in the group that I can pull from. And like I alluded to earlier, it is literally 
a very viable online career path right at your fingertips. Like that's what I feel like. Yeah. And that's what lights me up really. Of course, the mentoring part and thank you for your sweet words, but I feel so fortunate to have found people who are coachable and who coach me in return. So it's not a one-way mentorship. Like I'm learning from you guys all the time. And so the community is the amazing byproduct of having the application process and the screening process to make sure that the right people are coming in because it is a special space. It's a space that, you know, is nowhere else on the internet. And I always say like, you can go and you can join a bunch of different masterminds, but nobody's going to understand exactly what a director of operations does. So is it good to have different opinions and different mentors? Yes. But if you're looking at getting support specifically here, that's the reason this never ends. That's the reason I just never understood or it doesn't sit in integrity with me to like cut off access when the, then the six months is over. <laughs> I just, I want us to continue to grow peer to peer, but also also allowing us to pour into the future DOO. So yeah, that's a huge distinguisher in this group. And yeah. can can uh, may, may my analytical side share one more yeah. <laughs> yes. big benefit? All right. So of course, uh, my analytical side wants to bust out some numbers. So <laughs> on the on the financial ROI side, I broke even in my first month of applying those new offerings that I mentioned that I that I just did. I mean, they're already paying off in the first month of applying those to my business. I broke even. And that ROI continues to grow. And I wouldn't be surprised, and you know I'll be tracking this, if my ROI is in the ten dollars to $20,000 range by this Q4 timeframe. So that is exciting. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and on the confidence factor that pours into this as well, like I price more confidently. And as we alluded to earlier, it's a natural repellent. I price more confidently and I, and it also turns down Mm -hmm. clients that don't align with my values. Right. Whereas when we get into that scarcity mindset and we just start accepting everyone who's listening has done this in the past. So I totally know it resonates, but when you have that confidence and you know your value and that's what this group does, that's what the certification does. You start to see your value. You also have a peer of people who are like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to charge that for what you're, you know, you're worth way more than that. Don't do that. So Great, great, great. And yes, Kelsey is going to track all of this. She's also going to tell me, which I love, we've got great two-way communication. So she's always telling me the ROI, which is incredibly important to me. That's the reason we teach strategic mapping up front is because I know it's the easiest way to monetize what you're learning. And as far as getting clients, that's a big fear people have. They're coming into the certification. They're like, I never see these clients anywhere. Where do you find DOO clients? And so give us just the background. I mean, I this is totally unscripted, but tell me what, what it's been like to find DOO level clients or clients who can afford DOO services. Yeah. So at this point, and, and this is still fairly fresh as well, but at this point, I feel like I've had no shortage of leads or opportunities or conversations, just even from word of mouth or telling people, and especially the leads that come through after the certification. But like for me personally, I've seen tons of great roles come through that, that I want to apply for, but I was actually able to take an existing accounting client and elevate myself within that relationship and that role. And so these conversations are happening right now and it's been really great. And we're actually going to sign something probably next week that is going to be a very good long-term relationship, I believe. And and then there's opportunities for the other gals as well coming yep. through. So that's been really cool. Yeah, that's one thing that's really neat. Kelsey is she has and, and listened to this. She already had clients coming in here. She refined what her offers were going to be because of the certification. And then she went back to them and said, hey, we could do this, but it's going to charge you this. And it's a huge win-win. She's not spending a lot of time marketing and, you know, having to write a bunch of content and copy. She's going to people that she already likes that, that already value her. And she's saying, now I can do something bigger and they're paying her bigger <laughs> as well. And so I think that that's a, that's something I'm always teaching people because we, 
you know, a past customer is the easiest customer to re-secure. And I, I love that you've done that. But the other thing I want to say is that one of the things that she said earlier, and you may or may not have picked up on it, but she's walking into a really big business that's about to, to go into more of a franchise model. So when she does that, we are looking at the potential of needing additional operators. Well, where is she going to find those operators? her peers in this group. And so that's what she means by, you know, bringing even her opportunities, adding those opportunities into the certification group. So I just love that. I love the work you're doing. I love how much you freely share and how dedicated you are to yourself, your family, and also to just the the group of people that we have, that we're all, you know, bonded by. So Kelsey, as we wrap up, if people want to snoop a little bit and understand and see what the outside looks like from you, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, besides hanging out in this group all the time, um, (laughs) where else you can find me is my website would be my biggest suggestion. It's inowick.com. So that's I-N-N-O-W-I-K.com. And I would say go there first because I plan to roll out more resources and tools. So if you want to geek out with me, you can sign up for the email list and I'll keep you updated on things because I'm still putting infrastructure in place. So that's the best place to start. And then as I'm working on my social media side, I tend to hang out on LinkedIn the most currently. So those are my two spots. I remember you and I kind of hit it off on LinkedIn to begin with. So (laughs) awesome. Well, I appreciate your time so, so much. And thank you for sharing so willingly to this group. And ladies, I hope that you will tune in next week with another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.